now, say now. You're tuned into the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here at the Momentum Studios. Myself, Spencer Shea. How yes, about it, man? Sirski. What's up, man? Man, we missed you, man. Well, missed I, you. You know what? That's funny because I heard that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard that. No, I'm, I'm I'm happy to be back, man. Feeling blessed and highly favored. Yeah, today. that's right. That's right. Christmas spirit is a little bit in me. Yeah, happy holidays to everybody out there. This will be the last and final podcast mm. of the year. This will be the last and final. We will pick it back up right at the top of the year. We ain't wasting no time. But of course, you got Christmas coming up on Monday. You got New Year's Eve weekend following that. I'm taking off some of my work, at least my day job, that final week of the year. Still got a DJ, still got to call games because it's winter, basketball season. This is this is our time of year. We're about to be in the heart of the season, especially for me in particular as a broadcaster, doing college basketball as we start to enter into conference play. That's when things pick up a lot in that regard. Obviously, Rip City Remix, we'll keep that going and rocking throughout the remainder of the year as well. But since this is the last episode of the year, this will be a little bit of a lengthy win share because we're just spilling out the rest of the events that we have going on this year from games, of course, to that of DJing. So let's start with the DJing because I have no games this weekend that I have to call. Um, But as far as DJing is concerned... This weekend, I only got one DJ gig this weekend. Wow. That's record-breaking in the last, like, year and some change. (laughs) I don't remember the last time where I only had one DJ gig this weekend, kind of. But, you know, it is what it is. We will be at Aura in Tigard on Saturday night. December 23rd. I still got to pull up. You got to pull up to Aura, man. (laughs) You got to pull up to Aura. A-U-R-A in Tigard. And it's a good vibe, man. It's it's more of a, you know, it's, it's for one, I love the sound system there. Okay. It's a club. That's, that's a plus. It's a club. Like, I like, I mean, the reality of it is I DJ in lounges more so. Right. But the sound, the club sound system, there is something therapeutic about just being able to bang out from start to finish and just, you know what I'm saying? Especially because, yeah, dude, totally. especially because I don't do that too often. I mean, I got some solid sound systems at all the places I DJ at. Don't get me wrong, but it, that club sound system hits a little different, you know, purposefully. Is, are, so do people dance in there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's got, they got a dance floor. I like to dance. Great lighting, great sound. Like it's, it's a club. It, it's literally, they have a lounge on one side in a club and a nightclub on the other. They got pool tables in the back. So it's like, you got the dance floor area and then you got like the bar area behind it where you can kind of mingle at. And then behind that is where like pool tables and stuff are. So you kind of get a mix of like dive bar, but club vibes a little bit. It's one of those places. <laughs> it's one of those. It's in Tiger. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know those places. <laughs> It's in Tiger. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is probably my only DJ gig that I don't have in Portland, like in the city for real. So that's happening this weekend. Then we got Christmas on Monday. Merry Christmas to you all. And then right after that, on Tuesday the 26th, I will be DJing the final Tubes Day of the year at Tube. Always lit on Tuesdays at Tube. So you can come out there. Both of those start at 10 p.m. And I'm excited to get to it. Now, getting back into some broadcasting, 
December 28th, Spencer and I, Spencer and I will be back in action at Pacific University. The boxers will take on Northwest Indian College in that one. Mm. So it'll be our first time in a long time getting back on the call. I feel like we haven't called a game at Pacific in forever. It's been most of the month. Yeah. Yeah, because we had a game, uh, we had a cancellation. Yeah. Uh, this last on the women's week. side. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was the only thing scheduled. So yeah, it'll be fun. Northwest Indian College that we play them a lot, uh, and we beat them a lot. So should be a win. It uh, should be a win. Tune in. You know, I'm just excited to get back on the mic and just get some reps. I'm watching you, obviously, and I'm like, man, because you know I'm pulling up to all the games. Yes, for you know sure. I'm saying like, you're, I, I, I'm not trying to step on your wind shares. No, but, no, I'm, you know I, told, I told him it'll be a lengthy one. Yeah, I mean, because the deal is, is you know, every one of those games, I'm pulling up. Yeah, as much as I can. Yeah, for sure. Especially because we've been playing, or I, we uh, Portland State has played a lot of Northwest Conference. Yeah, opponents. Opponents for sure. So it's been sure. a good opportunity to just go scout. Yeah, they played Lewis it. and Clark, played Fox, played Linfield, all mm. three schools that are in the Northwest Conference, which is the same conference Pacific is in. So those are teams that we'll be seeing and that we were able to kind of get an early glimpse of right. here early on in the season. So that'll be fire. And then we're back at it at Pacific on December thirtieth. For a women's basketball game, that'll be at 6 p.m., and they will face off against Calvin University. But y'all know my my hectic, crazy schedule. That same day, December 30th, I will be calling the Rip City Remix game against the Delaware Bluecoats, and that will be at 3 p.m. So it's one of those things where, you know, you hope things stay on schedule at the remix game right. <laughs> because, because if they don't stay on schedule at the remix game, I'll probably be a little tardy to the party to the Pacific women's game to hop on the broadcast with you. But Which the plan is only one thing, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> you're going to get my <laughs> trifling self all over that microphone. For play-by-play -play and color, which yeah, is, and I'm gonna be honest. Well, man. I'll get there during the game, but you know, if it's it's literally one of those things where if I'm not there on time, like on time enough to be able to just get set up real quick and jump right into play-by-play, because -play, I do play-by-play -play at Pacific. For those that don't know, then right, you know, <laughs> you'll be doing play-by-play, -play and I'm not gonna hop on the broadcast with you and. Just, hey, I'm the play-by-play -play now and take over. I'm going to let you rock for the rest of the game, and I'll sit in the analyst chair yeah. and just be the analyst for the remainder of <laughs> which, the game. Which I that's like, what's going to happen. Which I like. Which I like. <laughs> it, you know, if, for anybody that's a, like a fan of just listening to broadcasts about basketball, I think that what goes on at Pacific is quite funny because Devon really should be the analyst. I mean, yeah. he is fit and form to the position, but it just works out that he was doing play-by-play -play when I got on, and so – you know, when I became the uh, uh, the color analyst for Pacific, yeah, I'm basically just like anything that I say. You already, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, who yeah, am yeah, I yeah. telling? Yeah, right, right. right? You telling? Don't worry about me. I'm gonna I'm gonna lob it up to you and let you slam dunk that thing, and, just and, like we on the podcast. And that's exactly you know what, what I'm saying. I drive there. it on the podcast, and, but I'm gonna lob it up to you. We talking to the people, the listeners, the and, viewers, and that's those that are out. tuned in. You know what I'm saying? So I I know how to play my position. In both roles. So I actually enjoy being able to, you know, exercise more muscles in that way. Um, but, yeah, the Delaware Blue Coats, that is the Philadelphia 76ers G League affiliate versus the remix at 3 p.m. December 30th. And then on December 31st, I will be back at it on New Year's Eve with the remix 
That'll be Sunday uh, at 1 p.m. That'll be a 1 p.m. tip-off against the Blue Coats yet again. And then that night, I will be at Export Rooftop Bar and Lounge DJing the New Year's Eve function. It'll be a beautiful vibe. Tickets are on sale now. You can go to Export Social Media. They're pumping, pushing, and promoting the tickets. You'll be seeing me post the tickets and, you know, the link to it out there here in the coming days and weeks as well as we are getting closer and closer. We can have two weeks wherever we at with it right now. A little bit less than two weeks, so about a week and a half. Um, yeah, I'll be promoting a <laughs> New it. Year's Eve event. <laughs> so so that's what we got for the rest of the year, I believe, as we kind of navigate through that. And then, of course, we'll have some more win shares for you as 2024 will kick off at a fast pace because, again, College hoops begin, uh, conference play and college hoops begin. And we also obviously still got the remix going on as well. So it'll get really busy for us. It'll be some nights where I'll probably just be going straight from here to the games. But also, I'm going to just go out here and say it now so it works with your schedule. As you'll hear, this episode will be released on a Thursday. We're trying to switch up the days a little bit. We usually record on Thursday nights, Thursday evenings, if you will, and then release the episodes on Friday morning. But I just think it works a little bit better with my schedule now to be able to do these things on Wednesday nights, release them for you all on Thursdays, and you'll have it for Thursday, Friday, the remainder of the weekend until we come back around to you the following week. So just a little bit of a shift in the schedule, but... I like it. Honestly, I like being able to change things up, especially doing it this late in the year and obviously kick it off in in a new way, if you will, at the top of 2024. It's always good to be able to hit the reset button and switch it up a little bit as you come into the new year. Yeah, didn't we used to do like end of end of year recaps or like we still might. we still might. That's oh, still okay. in the works, but this okay. is the last episode from us recording for sure but um yeah uh, yeah i, I got but something I mean, in the works we, we did that because we were just like well we're not gonna do a podcast for the end of the yeah, year yeah yeah so and it's just, just cool up. to be able to oh, reflect on like some of the best moments we do basically a best of at the end of the year and uh me and zev our engineer will be hollering the problem with that is which is not a problem to an extent but it is a problem at the same time is you just got to have time to go sit and look through every episode <laughs> and go find the timestamps of every episode. I'm a little bit busier than I have been in past years at this time of the year, but certainly still going to try to put that together because I'll have a little time around the holidays to just, you know, sit with it. The good thing is we already timestamp time stamp our topics in every description of every episode. So, very easy for me to be able to go to the timestamps of particular topics on particular episodes, be able to put them out there, you know what I'm saying, clip them up, have Zeb put something together. So we still give you something for that last week of the year, but it'll be a best of. So that is potentially in the works. I am trying to create time and space for that because, quite frankly, if I'm not doing any of the things that I'm scheduled to do, I'm probably at the Blazers game <laughs> straight up. Oh, yeah. Straight up. You, you know, that we, good, Hey, that was a good one last night. Yeah, talk about it. How about it? They beat, beat the Phoenix. Phoenix Suns, snapping a losing streak, a pretty significant one. And, uh, man, I like Anthony Simons. Not that I never didn't like Anthony Simons and that this is news or anything, but he obviously has been injured for a good portion of this season. 
And the Blazers were on the road, essentially, when he returned. They were in the middle of, you know, towards the end of a road trip. So we haven't been able to see him as much here in Portland until recently. And now we've had a a good stretch of home games that will continue on. Got another one tomorrow. But, um, you know, with Simons being on the road when he first came back from the injury and now coming back, he is the real thing. He, like I said, not that we didn't know, yeah, but it's beautiful to see. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I'm not going to sit here and say that. Oh, this may be the turning of a new tide with the Blazers. For all the things you just mentioned, you know, mostly that Anthony Simons isn't around, and now he is, and he's good for 23. I mean, that's just what he's going to give you. 22, 23. He's just going to get you that. Yeah, he's a 20 yeah. point he's a gonna, score for sure, and w- which translates to a legit starter in the league, right? So. You know, I, I I don't I'm not gonna say that they're gonna turn around and win a bunch of games. I think Vegas had them at like 24 games or something like that for yeah. for the season. I mean, that's not it's not crazy to think that they can't you know get something closer to like 28. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. not bad. They're, yeah, they're good. They're good. I mean, they're they're the you like what you like the core you have. Like like you can see positives. Yeah, yeah. they're losing, but you can see like oh, I see what he does well and how he could fit. Oh, I see how he can fit. I see what he does well. Like they're almost starting to identify what this—they're this is what I believe right now this year. They're finding their identity. That's what I believe is happening. You've committed to this rebuild, if you will. You have a really young team, and you have guys that are showing what they're good at and what it is that they can do. Obviously, we knew Ant was a scorer coming into this. He's continuing to show that. I think even a young piece like Tumani Kamara is being able to establish oh, no, himself as, as, a, as a defensive T- irritant. Tumani, you know what I'm saying? Like He's stamped. He's starting to stamp himself as that. You know, you obviously got Shaden Sharp, who's coming out and showing, like, okay, he's got star qualities and the potential to be a star. I think even Scoot is starting to find himself a little bit. You know, obviously, you know, folks talked about Scoot coming into this season as a rookie of the year type player because – he was drafted number three <laughs> overall, first and well, foremost. He, should be. he better be. So, good, so you know? that's the expectations that he's sort of being held to, if yeah, you will. Of course. And you know, he's still finding his pace within the pace of the NBA, is what I is what I like to say. But here, the last week or so, you're even starting to see glimpses from him. And and the type of player that he can be, and I think had his first Scoot, double double in the loss. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think Scoot. Outside of just the ability to be a star I'm one day, to disparage him. I don't understand. Yeah, but but I think yeah, outside of like Scoot's ability to be a star, and this could kind of transition into the, the return of Ja Morant, if you will. Return, There's one man. thing to be like a, a player who's you know just can put up crazy numbers. There's another thing that, to be a player that could be like a full on momentum swear on top of being able to put numbers up. So you have guys that you, like you said, yeah, guys who can take over a game. Like, and it's not always even taking over a game as much as allowing their presence to dominate a game. I think there's a difference of that. Like, like there's guys who can just flat out here. You put the ball in his hands and just let him go to work when all else fails. Like you have those type of guys. There's other guys whose like presence on a game matters so much more than 
their ability to put up crazy numbers. And if you have a guy that can do both, i.e. like a John Morant, then you just have a young, crazy, rising, budding superstar on your hands. You get what I'm saying? So, no, and he's so, that. And, and he's, he's, that. he's totally that. And he showed that in his very first game coming back last night where, yeah, there's a lot of young players that are really good and putting up numbers, and we're seeing you know, the type of impact that they're having is leading to wins. A lot of young-led teams are at the top of the standings right now, if you will. But then there's other players that not only can put up the numbers to help you win, but also have a particular presence that – you just kind of can't replicate because you can go play against another team with a guy that puts up numbers. But it's like when he takes over the game and when he gets to a point where he's dominating the game and his presence, his aura, his ability to make particular plays with his athleticism, like Ja has a unique athleticism as well to go along with the fact that he's a really good basketball player. And I think <laughs> Scoot has some – it's like the D. Rose effect. It's like the Russell Westbrook effect. Like when they just take over a game, it's not just about them putting up the numbers but also a presence that comes with it that just sways the momentum your way in, a, in an electric kind of a way. You know what I'm saying? Like like, like Steph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steph's electrifying. How close is that's John to what, Steph? That's probably the word that I was looking for all along as I was just explaining myself there is Scoot, in my opinion, has the potential, and you're starting to see where he has the most potential to be electrifying. You know what I'm saying? Like, John Morant is electrifying. Steph Curry, as you mentioned, is electrifying. Dame, with his ability to shoot from range and dominate, electrifying. Like, there are guys that just have that sort of it factor. And once they take the game over, it's like, just just watch this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, just sit back and watch this because it's something like you've never seen or felt before. And so I just think his presence, I'm starting to see where – his presence can really make a difference for this team once he really just continues to develop and come all the way into himself and 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 lean on what it is that he does best out there right now. You know, he's got to experiment because he's trying to figure things out. Once he just really can identify with himself and who he is as an NBA player, you, watch out. Watch out. I like it, man. I'll be honest with you. I love what this young team is doing. Um, somebody like Dwop Reef establishing himself as a stretch center. You know what I'm saying? Like, just broke the record for most consecutive games with a three-pointer for a center in Blazers franchise history. So, clearly, not something that this organization has had much of. It stretched bigs in that type of a way. And we all know the direction that the game is sort of headed where everybody can shoot the ball. So, to be able to finally have a big that can really knock it down. Like, I just feel like everybody's finding their identity right now. And it's Fun to watch, especially for, like, a basketball head like myself and just, you know, being able to see, like, oh, this is going to be crazy. I thought Malcolm Brogdon said something very profound um, on their most recent – the Trailblazers have a docuseries called The Trail that they release on YouTube um, periodically. And Brogdon, who there's been conversations about him because he's played well this year for the Blazers, but also whether he would stick around. Do you trade Brogdon? Do you send him to a contender? Because he's somebody that can go and help a contending team. And he was asked, like, what he's learned the most from this season. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically came out and said, like, that it's not all about winning and how he's embracing the role of seeing these good young players and being able to help 
mold, develop, mentor them in such a way and being able to be a part of that and foresee three to four years from now, this is going to be the it team that everybody's talking about. And to be a part of that in this er in these early infancy stages of that process, it means something to him. You know what I'm saying? He's like, I came from Boston where it was win or bust. You know what I'm saying? And like this is a different situation where we don't really have to live up to that kind of pressure right now. And so now I'm in a way able to find purpose in a different way because I'm able to watch these young, budding, phenomenal players come into themselves essentially and I get to help them through that process because I can see what's coming. <laughs> like these dudes are going to be a problem. So I, I don't think it's a bad time at all here in Rip City as, you know, as long as you don't put those – winner bust expectations on yourself right now you always play to win you always play to compete at your best to the best of your ability you know it's one thing when it's effort not going out it's another thing when again you're trying to kind of build something rebuild something from the ground up into something special yeah man i think uh it's lost sometimes at least from like the outside perspective that it's like this is an unbelievable sort of like once in a lifetime job to be in the NBA, you know yeah, what I mean? It's for like, sure. You, it's, it has yeah. everything that any little kid would dream of being, you know, of it it's to the be. the hoop dream, baby. <clears throat> and so, you know, uh, I think um, it's just nice to be able to see story. You know, as a Blazer fan, I have to find, you know, a silver lining. Because I've seen these sorts of situations before, even in 30, you know, a little over 30 years. Yeah. And so I believe in the team. I really do. I've I've been saying it from the beginning. I think that with Shaden Sharp and Anthony Simons and Scoot Henderson and the fact that we have this G League team now, that you're able to you know put a lot more talent within reach mm -hmm. of the Blazers organization. I think that it can only go up. Yeah. It's it feels like in the city of Portland through all the you know. However, it's been going. The one thing that I have seen is that it really is sorting. What's coming to the surface is like. It is a basketball place. Yeah, you know the Diamond a, yeah. Project is a is a distant memory, and everybody is just basketball zonked out. You got the remix here now, baby. You got the remix in town. You know what I mean? And, and even that's that, a beautiful thing. Bro. Absolutely, and even even that part of the development. You know what I mean? I'm speaking of mainly the players that are getting the most minutes on the Blazers, but I'm also able to see the underbelly in a real way, seeing guys like Moses Brown that are going back and forth between, you know, the Blazers and the G League. Obviously, you got guys like Chris Murray, Ryan Ruper, who are playing a significant amount of time with these G League teams, and it's like it's development happening there that those that are only watching the Blazers and not watching the remix – because that's all they've ever had might not have be not, might not be caught on to the fact that oh we actually do have another level to develop young players that are also going to be factors in the coming years for this team you know what i'm saying and it's like because you kind of got to create a new habit and really like looking into that because the remix is a new thing and we're in our inaugural season this year it's still something that's actually happening within this organization that, again, sometimes you can, you, you you get excited about because it's so fresh and so new. But sometimes you so can lose sight. But sometimes you can lose sight of it as a part of the process of in its entirety because it's just something that we haven't been used to having as an organization. This fan base has never had a G League team. 
as well. So it's just so new that I do think a new habit has to be built for fans and lovers of this team and this franchise and this organization to understand like, oh, we have a whole nother aspect of development happening right here at the same time as we're watching the product on the floor develop with the guys that are already, you know, playing on the squad and, and getting those significant minutes with the Blazers right now. So I, I like it. I like being – I love being in this part of the process, especially being in the position that I'm in in terms of my own development as a broadcaster, me being a part of this organization for the first year uh, of my career in that way, you know, obviously as an analyst for the G League team. But to be able to get my start, it's kind of different when you – the pressure, I think, hits a little bit different when, say, you're coming into a situation that's already established – some level of like prominence, if you will. And again, as Brogdon was kind of speaking to, you're in like winter bus mode. I think it makes a complete difference in how you approach the job when there's that level of expectation. Maybe not as much for me, but for a lot of people, especially because some people can be like homers, <laughs> if you will. And so it's easier to be able to acknowledge the intricacies of all the dynamics because there's really no win-loss politics at play right now. It's all development and rebuild. You know what I'm saying? Like once win-loss politics come into play, I do think it impacts and affects the direction in which the broadcaster goes as well. That's a part of this product, essentially. You know what I'm saying? But for now, even for me, I love coming into this position and into this situation, being able to develop and find myself in new ways as a broadcaster as well without having this like crazy overarching expectation of having to live up to the prominence of this winning program and to be able to like grow with it. There's a comfortability for me with that as well. You know what I'm saying? Rather than like, Ooh, I got to jump in and I got to do good because this is the, I got to do good. Cause I put that kind of pressure on myself. I'm my own, I'm my own toughest critic, but you know, you just think you have to live up to a particular expectation. That's like, Whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So even for me, I enjoy being a part of this process, even in the way that I am. And uh, I'm excited to see what's to come. Somebody asked me yesterday, man, you, who are you a fan of? I said, I'm a Blazers fan. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's right sure yeah i'm a blazers except, fan yeah except every time we watch a blazers versus warriors game and i'm sitting next to you well and then, and well then, I, I became I, a blazers I, fan this year brother I, I, <laughs> that's what i'm talking i said yesterday not a year ago <laughs> i was at the game against the warriors on sunday i was not in there cheering for the warriors like i wanted the blazers to win i'm a part of this organization now like yeah i grew up where i grew up i'm a fan of the teams you know that i grew up with and you know if the warriors do well like i don't particularly mind it because that's who i've been attached to but it's like now being attached i've never been as intimately attached to any organ sports organization or not sports organization, but NBA or professional organization as I have been with the Blazers. Cause this is the first professional team I've ever worked with. I've always done college. So with that being said, it's like, yeah, I want the organization that I'm a part of to be successful and to win because I get to be a part of that success. 
Absolutely. I'm a Blazer fan, folks. If if it was a mystery I, at you know, all. You know, man, I don't think I don't think I would. I think that if I was representing or or covering any other organization, I would want that organization to win except every time they played my home nah, team. Nah, nope. Not I'm me. a Blazer fan until the bottom I, I respect falls out. it. I respect it. And like I said, I, it's not that I ever want the Warriors to lose it. I respect it, but I, I but there is a level of even if you want to call it selfishness, like we yeah, can call the, it that. I'm if, down to call it that. If you if you call <laughs> it that, or just quite frankly, like this is the team that's investing in me individually. Hey, okay, yeah. All you know right. what I'm saying? Talk like, more about that. Like, like, that. like, this is the team that is currently, I mean, I, I get paid to do a job for them in a career that I've been pursuing for a really long time. Like, yeah. that alone is enough for me to say that I'm rocking with you. until the, You know what I'm saying? Because you have hired me, you invest in me, you believe in me to give me this position, and I am going to, like, go all in on that position and 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 this product that we're all trying to build together here. Yeah, I think it touches on, like, the heart of it. The, what, what I see is that you get to put your mark on something. Yeah. You know what I for mean? For sure. You get for to sure. put your mark on something, and when it's done, you can say, Oh look, I I can see some of me really right there. Absolutely. In the fabric. And and I, I that means more to me than being a fan of any team. This is my life. This is my livelihood. This right. is who I've been since birth. You know what I'm saying? So this is not this isn't a this isn't no fandom here. This is this is a little deeper than that now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like like yeah, being a fan, I'm still a fan of who I'm a fan of, whether it be the Warriors or a player, individual player, whatever the case may be. Like there's players games that I can like and dislike, but in terms of like who I want to see thrive, I want what I'm a part of to thrive. And and that's just and that's how I'm coming because I will want the people that I'm working alongside to feel the same way because we're responsible for this now. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, I have a responsibility to this, not just a fandom situation. So, yeah, I, I got asked that by Motaz actually yesterday. Like, so wait, who you a fan of? Man, I'm a fan of the Blazers. <laughs> I talked to my cousin back in the Bay last week. And, and he like, yeah, man. He's like, yeah, man, I see you out there doing your thing. I say, yeah, man, I'm a Blazer now. <laughs> like, I don't, I'm, no shame in my game because – this is something that I'm like responsible for ultimately with, with the position that I hold. So I take that more serious than being a fan of any team, anybody, anything. So call it selfish. I, you know, I call I'm, it caring. I'm not going to call it selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, that's where I stand with that at least. Um, John Morant still to acknowledge great game yesterday. Heck of a game. Come back, put up 34 points, hit a game winner. I'm very elated to see it. I'm elated to see it. You know what I'm saying? Because again, he's electrifying in that way. Like you, you feel you feel when a presence like that is missing. Yeah, his game is super high flying, man. I, you know, it's funny because I was sitting there with D Boy yesterday. We were watching that game, and I, I was kind of remarking. I'm like, you know, he kind of looks a little, you know, maybe a little puffy, you know, or a little step slow, or just kind of like not really. And then as soon as I second half, he pops off for dang near thirty. Yeah, and. I mean, that was all she wrote. I didn't see the game winner, though, because obviously went to the Blazer game. Yeah. Took a big win there. But, uh, man, it's just good to be able to see these hoops out here, bro. Oh, the, NBA, the, the NBA is the most lit 
It's the best. I, I, don't, I don't even say lit. It's, that, that's what genuinely yeah. came out of my body right. just now. Right, right, right. I right. don't say that. Yeah, but for it, sure. I, but I'm, let me reiterate. The NBA is the most lit sport yeah. in the country now. For sure. There's no other doubt about it. I, I, even football? Even over the NFL? Def- uh, easily. I agree. Easily. I agree. Easily. I agree. And and I think it has everybody, every bit as much to do with the product on the floor as it does the direction, the direction that it takes off the floor. I just think the NBA, and, you know, in a lot of ways, I, I give a lot of that credit to a LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is not a an, an athlete in America as prominent as LeBron James that has as much influence on on his sport either. Would you yeah, say? He, yeah, he's got influence. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So it's like, it's oh, like yeah. I think there's Especially something to be said teammate. about that as well. <laughs> yeah. I think there's something to be said about that as well, where you have somebody as prominent like LeBron James that's the face of your league as the athlete. Name any other league in the country, as you mentioned, that has a player of his prominence and of his magnitude in their league right now. Don't think you can name one. Yeah, I mean, sure. I guess – in like some sort of uh on and off the floor I'm talking about too. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not just talking about on the floor, off the floor, no, just I'm I'm gonna say like the 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 socio-political sort of like direction and like uh yeah. space that the NBA lives in compared to say like the NFL or, yeah, or the, the MLB, MLB <laughs> yeah. or the NHL. For sure. Um one of these things is not like the other. But uh I think that that's not really gonna be felt as an effect or like be as uh uh, impactful as it will be in say 10 or 20 years when a lot of that sort of doesn't become so divisive, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's still that division there. Mm-hmm. So I, but I, but I still think that even with that to the side that the NBA is just the best because there it's the most accessible. Mm-hmm. You can get NBA content at a faster rate than any other sport. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of, of, like the link, the connectivity of basketball from the top to the bottom, from like the high school to JUCO to D3, you know what I'm saying, that everybody is able to sort of connect in some way. And that's why I disagree with what you said about the sociopolitical statement that you just made because of the time period that we're in. The fact that everything you're explaining, this connectivity, if you will, is able to happen during a time period when things are so divisive and it is harder to connect in such a way, I think matters every bit as much as the actual product and the skill and will and everything else of the players that you oh, actually I didn't see say that it didn't on the floor. Just, no, no, I, I'm I saying I'm that. saying today, I think it meant for I think it's it's easier for you to make the statement that the NBA is most lit because the NBA is able to kind of navigate in the way that it is even during this time period right now, which has been a very divisive one, (laughs) you know what I mean, on a lot of levels. And I think the NBA has been able to stay the most connected through all of that, which is why, in part, they are the most lit league in the world. Beyond just the pro- the product's always been great. It continues to get better, I, mean, I believe. The NBA but still has its problems. Every I mean? who doesn't? No, I know, but I'm any like, system I'm has its problems. Even if those were worse, they're still killing it on all of these other key like fronts. But That's I, what I mean. Like it's not even a. But what? Like a, which? What of the? What of those fronts outside of the basketball that's happening on the floor 
isn't sociopolitical? I guess that's the question well, I, mean, I would every, pose I mean, to I mean, I in think, that way. Well, I mean, I think that a lot of well, on the on one side of it, people say, well, because it's so everything is so leaning into having some sort of discussion that is like that in mm-hmm. the NBA. Yeah, I think the NFL is because it's so tarnished <laughs> as a as an organization and as like a legacy that. You know, there people are still trying to be like, let's keep this undercover and like mm-hmm. let's have these puffy sort of stories. Yeah, that, that fan base will just gladly be like, okay, sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy still lives with his roommate or something. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Whatever. The NBA is not concerned with any of that. No, they're like, we need to have these conversations yes. because of the athletes. And yeah. that's why I say I think to it, it, every bit means as much today. I believe personally. I'm not telling saying you have to agree with that. No, but I do agree I with do you. Think I was that, just saying that even if that wasn't like what's going to be, even in 10, 15 years from now, when I mean, I really do believe that the NFL is going to get bought out. Like Sunday could very well just get bought out. The NBA could buy Sunday from the NFL mm-hmm. at this point. I mean, Sunday mm-hmm. is for God and for football in this country. <laughs> has, has been. It has been. Yeah. yeah but yeah. the NBA, they could very well go get that. And they and they could do that even if they didn't have that, you know, what countercultural ideals. And that's where I disagree. And, and that's where I disagree because their with product you. is just better. And that's where I disagree with you. And that's why I personally acknowledge LeBron James in the way that I did because I don't think it happens that way without him. Personally, hmm. I don't think we're able to say things like this without LeBron James being who he is on and off the floor. I I just don't see it. I don't see it. And maybe I don't see it because there hasn't been anything better to see than that because he's that phenomenal of a of you know what I mean? Like it, it really don't get no bigger than LeBron James in, in a lot of instances. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying that there isn't an alternative out there, but I've been blinded by LeBron James. If there is, <laughs> straight up, you know, if there is an alternative out there to have that kind of impact and influence on their sport in the direction that their particular sport is going I've been blinded in, blinded by LeBron James because his because his time stamped out. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm talking blinded about, by LeBron James. I'm talking about That's LeBron hilarious. James star shining brighter than any other American athlete that exists today. Yeah, no, he definitely And does. that that he has does. influence on why it is that the NBA is shining in the way that you are saying that it's the most lit league. You got to shine to be lit, don't you? That's what I'm talking about. They have the most yeah, lit dude, and totally, shiny stuff. Totally. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I that's mean when I – you got to shine to be lit. And uh, here, we got the shining star right here at the top. His name is King James, for crying out loud. I'm going to give him credit for yeah, that. And yeah. I don't think you can detach the two. And I think a little bit there by not acknowledging the influence and the impact it has today, that's not meaning that I I don't agree with you when you say that, yeah, it will be greater 10 years down the line and 20 years down the line. But I don't think you can get to that point without what's going on right now. Hmm. And so that's that's what I mean for those of you and you that may have been confused on why I would say I'm blinded by LeBron James, because I don't think any other (laughs) I don't think there's any other American athlete 
that has shined yo, that, like him yo, in the way that he has. That's the end of the year matchup that I want to hear. It's all just the wild bars. trying to be lit. The, the no, wild bars that have just been spat in this damn studio. That you got, was funny. You got to shine to be lit. I don't think you're calling the NBA the most lit sport without I, LeBron James I, being I, who and he and is on that, and off the floor. And I won't say I don't that think outside so. of this podcast because I don't like to say lit. I think it sounds stupid but, for but, me. So. But you said it because of LeBron James. Even if, the, even if you didn't know that's why you were saying it, I'm here to tell you that's why buddy thank you, thank you king james thank you king james here to break it to you that that he's kind of right, why man. this league is lit All right, man the way what's it is. next man we said we weren't gonna leave with the nba but we did we you did know? it happened the way that it happened yeah, um let's talk about Aaliyah. i mean ooh, i said Aaliyah boston i'm lying shout out Shout out to Aaliyah Boston because we recently just seen uh, Aaliyah Boston, and I will talk about Aaliyah Boston in this particular subject. She's a GOAT in her own right. Shout out to Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark for being called the Sports Athlete of the Year for Sporting News. Sporting I believe it was news. Sporting News. They got the co. They got the co as the the co-athletes of the year for Sporting News has been published and on everywhere, Twitter, X, whatever it's called these days. You can find it there. You can find all of that there. I like it. I think we had enough divisiveness with that situation, if you will, during the time that we had it in real time that I like to see that. And I think both of them had every bit as much impact and influence on us even getting to that point. As each other, I don't think one outshines the other in that way. I do think that it was super dope that we were able to get to that point to have those conversations via college women's basketball, and those were the two that got us there, quite frankly. Whatever that means in terms of how you feel about particular people, I'm not here to speak on that personally because I don't feel any personal ill will towards any one of those women. And if you're somebody that does – Probably need to look in the mirror. But for me in particular, I do like seeing them being recognized together in such a way because I do think that they were the biggest thing to happen in sports in the year of 2023. And although Angel Reese and her team won and, and she was ultimately the champion, I don't think the championship game and even her stardom looks the way that it does without the phenomenal star power of Caitlin Clark leading up to that point because she was phenomenal in that tournament. She slayed what most would consider the giant by being able to beat South Carolina, which the team was Aaliyah Boston was on. It was her final year at South Carolina, who was the number one team in the nation, were, were the reigning national champions at that point in time. And Caitlin Clark got the job done on the floor. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, and at that point, yes, a lot of social nastiness came from a lot of people. And that egg certainly got cracked, but at the same time, I do ultimately think that the omelet got made because of the way that those two young young women have carried themselves through that social period, that socio-political period of time where there was a lot of divisiveness and nastiness being said around just how phenomenal those two young ladies actually were on the basketball court and it and it bled out into what it bled out to but I think they both handled it really well and I think they both deserve to get the co and I love to be able to see them get the award in that way and and I'm fine with it. I mean they made they made women's basketball 
they, electric. Yeah. Like that was yeah. a moment. They really created that moment to, I together. I mean, you know, and it was, it was more of a mixture of things that we could get into it, but I For mean, sure. and I was going to ask you, do you think that it's going to be as much, you know, hullabaloo around these NCAA women's uh, oh, yeah. games. Oh yeah, I do too, man. I oh, think yeah. that I think it's, it's, it's just it's only again. up from here. I it's really do. Again, I mean, you've already been seeing folks. I mean, you, you look at for one, Caitlin Clark is that special of a player. She has been first and foremost. She's that special, which is again part of the reason why I don't mind the coat, even though she's not the actual champion and Angel Reese was, but also. You saw, you already saw the now now LSU are the Giants, and when things got, you know, they lose their first game of the season, they get upset by a really good Colorado team. By the way, that's been really good. They didn't just become really good this year. So, like some of y'all that may not have followed or don't know much about like Pac-12 women's basketball in particular, that Colorado team is going to be a problem come tournament time, and. They showed in the first game of the season, and then, you know, she had to step away from the team for a little bit, for a little while, for reasons basically that are unknown because it never really got confirmed with us. But that team has won 11 straight games since that loss on opening night of the season. They're back at it. Rapping them off. <laughs> Looking as dominant as ever. Looking as do- You know what I'm saying? And, and like- it's great because it's the same story. It's the same story, just supercharged. Because now you, on the other end, you got Caitlin Clark, who's just putting up 30 every single night. Every single night. You know who I like? Every single night. And that's why I said, like, why wouldn't it? You know, we all, none of us, it's not like none of us will forget when that time of the year comes around what happened last season. We're going to be into that. Yeah, no, we ain't going to forget. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're not going to. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, we would be, we would be because they're, not they're keeping gonna, it real with ourselves they, if we don't acknowledge that. And that's great and that. they're going to match up again. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's For great sure. that we can acknowledge that already right now because that was the problem was half of y'all couldn't acknowledge what was actually going on as it was happening last year, which is why things got so messy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can actually do these types of things and have these kinds of situations and, like, embrace it. And it doesn't have to get that messy. But a lot of people didn't want to full-on embrace it, but you couldn't because it was actually happening and it created a whole mess out here. (laughs) It created a whole mess. Embrace it. Embrace it. I think it's fine. Yeah. Embrace it. Embrace it like you embrace Magic and Bird. Embrace it like you embrace. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't embrace this. It doesn't always have to be bitter. This is great for the sport. This is great for these young women who deserve to have this kind of influence. Again, a part of the reason why I don't mind the co. And, you and, know, and and I think they deserve how to handle this influence because I watched the way that they handled that particular situation. You know what I'm saying? That's why I don't mind them getting the co. It all comes back full circle. And so, yeah, I'm here for it. And, and you know, we might as well enjoy it now because Juju Watkins is coming. She's dude. on the way. She's coming. <laughs> so, you know, everyone just have your fun now because, you know, they're coming. And that's not, I don't foresee anybody. I mean, Juju the, Watkins is coming, yo. She, we we watched Juju y- Watkins nearly exactly a year ago to date. When she was in her senior year of high school, come play here in Portland. And I'll be honest with you, and I'll tell you straight up, didn't look a lot different than she did right now. Didn't look too much different. <laughs> we got to meet her, chat with her the whole nine, her senior year, and 
There was absolutely nothing in her bag that was missing. And and, and let me tell you, I'm not surprised at all that she can't stop putting up 30 as a true freshman at USC. She's allergic (laughs) to not dominating basketball. Oh, she's so good, man. I like that team. I like the bones of that team. I mean, it's it's USC, so there you go. But, I mean, man, have your fun now, ladies and gentlemen, because she's probably the best college women's basketball player since Lisa Leslie. Yeah, Straight she's up. Different. Like she's, she, yeah, yeah, like she's the, different. Like, the, 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 the comparison's right there in-house, and it's it's really – that that's my way-too-early prediction right there because she very well is just the best college women's basketball player I think I've ever seen in my lifetime, to be sure. Now, another reason I I, I can't disagree with you there, she's she's like that. We said we saw it as a senior in high school. <laughs> it was just crazy. It was crazy. No surprise here when it comes to Juju Watkins. She is just breaking whatever record she wants right now as a true freshman, and it'll keep going. Um, I do think that there is something to be said about, again, the sort of story arc, if you will, that's being created from all of this. The Indiana Fever won the 2024 WNBA Draft Lottery on Sunday, which means they'll have the first overall pick of the draft, which if Caitlin Clark indeed decides to go, it's pretty much a no-brainer that she will be the number one overall pick in the draft. Her and Aaliyah Boston? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I want to see that so bad. I want to see it so bad. I want to see it bad. That's the whole length of the floor that's taken care of, basically. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. At a little over half. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, yeah. That would be. That would be great. And again, talking as I mentioned the story arc, taking that back to them facing off against each other in that game that that became the game that ultimately created all this hype going into the championship game where there was 9.9 million viewers watching the championship game. That all came about from that game that I mentioned earlier when Caitlin Clark and Iowa upset the number one team in the country in South Carolina, that Aaliyah Boston was on her final game of her college career. I think it would be such a dope full circle moment for us to see them play and thrive together. That story arc has the potential to be crazy. And I'm already seeing it. I'm already seeing it. So I might as well just try to speak it to it into existence. Now I, of course would have been okay to see Caitlin Clark play in college another year, and in a lot of ways, understand, especially in the day of NIL, because I know she is just printing paper out there in Iowa. But Indiana ain't too far. <laughs> it's, it's the same place. Indiana, <laughs> Indiana ain't too far. She can still print that paper out there, go play in the WNBA, and help create this story and arc she, that and, I would absolutely love to see. And she just needs to be turned loose against the best of the best. Like, yeah, we just got for sure. You know, like because she's like that. She's just like that. She's that good. And that, yeah. Yeah. She's and that good. Of, we're ready to see that. Yeah, we're ready to see that. Yeah. And, and, and I think she's ready for it. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. So it's oh, yeah. like with both, like that—that's what I'm hoping. You know, and you know the for. thing I like about college women's basketball, especially like the D1 level, is that there's still a lot of like, you know, non like like there's still a lot of like opaque love <laughs> about the organizations. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that kind of like with the the newness of the NCAA today, especially more so on the men's side, 
and especially more so in football, but that there's kind of not as much value in like that heart of the organization as it means to you as a player. You know what I mean? Yeah. To the fan yeah. base. But in women's college basketball, it's still there, man. Yeah. And Caitlin Clark wants to get one Caitlin for Clark Iowa. Yeah. You she know, does. she, she wants to get one. She does for sure. So I don't, I'm not mad at it. She I'm does. glad. And I'm glad that people can still do that and get paid. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's fire. It's Cause, fire. Cause it's not going to be an easy road for her by any stretch. Yeah, because not it's not, tough. not 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 just to walk up there. You know what I'm saying not just to walk up to LSU. Like it's not you're gonna catch some in the face along the way. Yeah, it ain't gonna be easy for sure. For Cause, sure, because it's lit. Yeah, it's going up. It's going up. Hey man, I'm, and I'm I'm also getting really excited because I miss calling women's basketball games, yo. You know what I mean? Like I, I yeah, that cancellation really got yeah, me. Yeah, man. man, I miss it. And Pacific women are are you know one of the better teams in the Northwest Conference and. They got a shot at being able to win the conference that, this year, a legitimate one. They've come in second place the last two seasons. So we are getting ready to get into the heart of and mix of that as well. And, again, that's that's where I definitely am able to kind of, you know, get my fix when it comes to women's basketball is being able to call those games and be a part of that directly as well. So I'm excited for that. Um, before we head out of here, I do want to acknowledge um, today – the Domicile Unknown Report was released. For those of you that don't know what the Domicile Unknown Report is, it is a report that my organization that I work for, Street Roots, does uh, in collaboration with Multnomah County reporting on uh, unhoused deaths during the year, um, the year prior. Um, we work with the county, um, and, you know, we, we, we come up with this report every single year and Multnomah County reported at least 315 deaths of unhoused people in 2022, which is a record 63% increase from the year prior. And so just as we get into the holidays and, you know, it's a time of, of cheer for many people, but it's a time of not so much cheer for many others. Um, it's a time of giving, and receiving for a lot of people around this time of year. Um, and as we enter into the next year and you folks are starting to think about and consider their New Year's resolutions and things of the like, I think unhoused people should be considered and part of your life's mission in some way, shape, or form um, and, and how you care for for members and neighbors in your community that so that we don't have record-breaking numbers like this going forward. Um, again, this report was put out today. Also tonight, there will be a, a houseless day of remembrance that will be taking place. Um, it takes place around this time every year, December 21st. Um, a part of that is it's the darkest day of the year. December 21st is, is winter solstice, if you will, um, where we have the sunlight, if you will, for the shortest amount of time during the day here, based on where we're located in the United States of America. And so on that day every year, um, we do have a houseless day of remembrance that takes place in Old Town. It'll be hosted at Ground Score this year at their building. Um, the address is 624 Northwest Cooch Street in Portland, Oregon. It'll be from 5 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. tonight, December 21st. So if you can stop by there, pay your respects and, and you know, pay homage to those and neighbors that we have lost, I think that'll be a really good thing to come out and support. But even if you can't do that, I think at least just thinking about these folks on the darkest day of the year and the fact that 
Um, we just got to take better care of of ourselves and the people around us. I think those two things go in tandem. I think the better off we do of taking care of ourselves, the better off we are able to kind of fill other people's cups and fill other people's glasses. So I don't I don't want you to not consider yourself in the process of considering those around you. Um, but I do think that it's very important to indeed consider those around you so that, again, we could just get to a point and, and continue to fight and push for better for the people that are unhoused here in this market and in our city. Um, and so I do think that that's something that's very important to have acknowledged here. You can go look it up, Damasala, Nona. It was released today. We did a press conference today at Street Roots, um, you know, and we had – Folks speak about it, so you can find it anywhere on the in any local news source here in the city. Everybody was there for the most part this morning. Um, but I do want to acknowledge that here on this podcast as we, you know, go into the holiday seasons, which is a really rough part of the year for many of those that are living out on the streets that may be disconnected from their families and things mm-hmm. that are like. And, you know, it, it can cause for, for more stress and it can make it harder for them to survive during this time of the year. So consider that. And then also, again, as we enter into a new year where we have a chance to just kind of have a fresh slate to just try and do better, consider that as well. Um, So that's what I got on that. I don't know if you wanted to chime in on that at all. It looks like you're thinking a bit hard over there, or maybe you're just reflecting a little bit. I don't know. But um, I can't read minds, but I can see body language. You know, I'm reflecting, man. For sure. I'm reflecting. For sure. It's uh it's just be you know, time always time to be thankful, you know what I mean? For sure. It's always time to be thankful. Yeah, yeah. Because it is rough out there, folks. It's rough. It's rough. It's rough. So yeah, I just wanted to make sure that that we acknowledge that. I don't I don't think, you know, with the work that I do, obviously, um, and and just in general, because I'm I'm a person who cares about the people around me. Um, yeah, I just think it's something that we all should be thinking about as we are not only currently existing in this time of the year, but as we start to think about and plan how we want this next year to go to consider that and maybe figure out a way that, that you might be able to kind of step in to be able to help us not have record breaking numbers in whatever capacity works for you. Again, consider yourself and all that as well. And I'm somebody that says that as somebody who's out in these trenches working with these people every day, you know what I'm saying? It's not easy. Nothing about it is easy when it comes to them surviving and or attempting to survive and me witnessing and, and being a part of trying to help them survive as I navigate my own life. You know what I'm saying? So from experience, I'm telling you to consider yourself as you consider that. But I do still think that it is very important to consider your neighbors and those around you as well, because um, we all help make each other better. And, and that could be something that helps you feel better. And it could be a part of you taking care of yourself as well, taking care of those around you, because that, that energy very well can reciprocate. So that's all I got on that. And on that note, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go, go in. in.